Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and as always, we are hosted by HashtagBasketball.com. Go out to uh, HashtagBasketball.com for all your uh, fantasy strategy needs. There's a, a really great calendar tool. Uh, there's also Twitter feeds you can follow. You can uh, follow each team, get a lot of beat writers, and it, it will help you set up your own Twitter account that you can use to follow fantasy basketball news. And there's a lot of good NBA articles over there as well, including uh, multiple podcasts, two of which are of the NBA and uh, two other ones, which one of them is the one you're listening to right now. is about fantasy basketball. Um, so go out to hashtagbasketball.com and uh, check out all those resources. Let's get uh, right into the box scores tonight. Um, first game of the night is the Dallas Mavericks versus the Charlotte Hornets. Pretty interesting game. The Charlotte Hornets ended up pulling this one off, uh, even though Dallas is still um, kind of uh, playing with uh, not their entire full roster right now. And you would think that would have led to uh, a little bit more fantasy value. You know, injuries mean value is coming from somewhere. And to make up for the minutes of the injured starters, but really, um, so far on the Mavs, there really hasn't been a ton of um, bench players stepping up very much at all, providing any uh, fancy value uh, whatsoever. It's uh, kind of hard to get behind any of these guys because they they all really do have their own flaws. Um, Dirk Nowitzki is still out. JJ Barea um, also still out. Both of those guys are probably the, the, the top two fancy guys on this team, um, along with Harrison Barnes. Harry Barnes is still, you know, giving all he's got tonight. He had, um, he was 8 for 20 with 17 points, 9 rebounds, 2 steals, and an assist with 1-3 in 38 minutes. Um, in 38 minutes, that's, you know, solid, but it, Harrison Barnes really doesn't uh, he, he scores, but his um, his steals and blocks are uh, below one per game. His um, assists are barely above one per game, and he doesn't score a three per game so far uh, when you look at the season. So really, he's scoring a lot and getting you some rebounds, but like that's you know kind of a poor man's uh, Wiggins, if you will, like. He's scoring, but he's just not doing everything. And that might even have been an insult to uh, to Wiggins. And over the last um, couple weeks, you know, Harrison Barnes still playing um, high high minutes, but producing around the same. His shooting percentage has gone down to 41% in the last two weeks. So I get why you own him because you need the points. I think he's standard rate, standard league relevant, but he's a bottom tier standard league relevant player right now. And so. With Harrison Barnes, I'm going to continue to ride him, even though Dirk and uh, some of the other guys will be coming back eventually, you would hope. Um, I th- uh, J.J. Barea as well, so his touches should go down a little bit, but they paid Harrison uh, a lot of money to uh, carry this team and to be kind of a, a player for the future. And I don't, I don't see why he, he would suddenly become someone they weren't interested in in starting or playing heavy minutes. So his really, I think his ceiling, his value right now is kind of what you're looking at. Um, he could probably 
bump up a little bit, maybe approach the top 100 if uh, he was playing with uh, a better team that would take, um, like with Dirk, who Dirk would take some of the uh, defense away from him, from Harrison Barnes, or maybe J.J. Brea would be able to get him the ball a little bit more by the fact that J.J. can um, drive into the lane and uh, create for other people. So maybe, you know, playing with better players, Harrison Barnes will get technically better, but really I, I I'm going to say it's kind of hard press in a nine cat league across the board for uh, Harrison Barnes to break into the top 100 elsewhere on the Dallas Mavericks. We did have Darren Williams and Wes Matthews with their uh, starts. Darren Williams had 14 points, eight assists, three rebounds, and only one three pointer. He was one for seven uh, shooting threes tonight. Uh, Darren Williams is is pretty far down on the list, but he is back from injury and he has played successively more minutes in the last four games. So with JJ out, they really have nowhere else to go. I know, you know, they've uh, they have I think Devin Harris out there, but Devin Harris only played um, 11 minutes tonight, and and Darren Williams played 30. So. Devin and Devin Harris has been out with injury as well, and he's coming back. So this Dallas is kind of a mess, and really no one's kind of stepped up. I think Darren Williams is ownable in standard leagues for the the short term, while JJ Barea is out, and Harris or uh, Devin Harris is getting his legs back under him. Um, yeah, I would go ahead and, and and if you need a point guard right now. There's no reason Darren Williams couldn't fit into that role. I know Jonathan Gibson has uh, has played every once in a while uh, heavy minutes, but he's also at times played n- no minutes at all. So um, it's hard to make out what they're trying to do with ro- this rotation, and I think it's I th- I think it's hard for them to make it out because it's hard to make out with the um, with the team that they are actually uh, forced to start. Um, Poor Mavs, you know, I think they should probably um, tank away and uh, get a nice big draft pick and hopefully uh, build around that. But a sad final year for Dirk. Uh, Dirk should be out, let's see, um, through the next week or so. I don't expect Dirk to immediately come back and be standard league relevant, but he will be standardly relevant by the time he is fully healthy and gets uh, his legs under him. So if he is out there on the waiver wires, if someone, I, th- I would say, foolishly dropped Dirk Nowitzki, go out and pick him up right now. He will be, um, I think he'll just be just fine. The only thing you have to worry about with Dirk Nowitzki is the fact that eventually Dallas might decide to tank and they might start limiting Dirk's minutes and they might just be saving him. I mean, it's kind of hard to say because this is basically, um, I think a farewell tour for Dirk. I think it really, it kind of depends on if, uh, Dirk wants to play out that second year and his second year is only guaranteed 5 million. He gave Dallas a discount they could um, decide, you know, hey, we're rebuilding. We're rebuilding next year as well. Dirk could decide to retire. I, I kind of feel like that's the direction this is going. I think this might be Dirk's last year. So if the Mavs are coming to town and you have not seen Dirk play, um, he is still magical to watch. He, you, 
a man that tall and that lanky shouldn't be able to do the things he does. So go and watch Dirk Nowitzki. He might play another year, but he's been he averaged in his first two games only 23 minutes. I I, I do think he is standard league relevant. Through, uh, once he gets his uh, health, once he gets health under him, his legs under him. So Dirk, when he comes back, I, I would own him until he proves to me that he's not playing enough or that he's not standard league worthy. Um, I'd let him give me the uh, the proof before I, I. I'd rather give him the benefit of the doubt. So that's my take on Dirk. Looking at the Charlotte Hornets, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, another. Okay line from him. I, I've said, you know, you could probably move on from Michael Kidd Gilchrist. He's not doing enough for me across the board. Like people like um, the other three named guys like Coventius, Caldwell, Pope. Um, and, well, I guess uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson is really terrible. So I should not compare Rondé Hollis Jefferson to Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Kidd Gilchrist is um, I th- better than... Um, than Rondé Hollis Jefferson, but Gilchrist is still, he's not getting enough steals, he's not getting enough um, assists, and he doesn't shoot threes, and the whole, you know, not shooting threes thing really, really kills him. Um, he's getting a block a game, which is um, nice, but yeah, Michael Gilchrist, I'm still I'm still staying away from him. Tonight he only had 14 points, 2 assists, 3 rebounds. That's in one block. So, meh, not great. Frank Kaminsky with another start and another miserable start. Uh, 0 for 4 with 1.3 rebounds. Not interested in him. Roy Hibbard played more minutes tonight. He played 17 minutes. I told you to watch Roy Hibbard. Um, And I know he had, like, that monster game to start the year and then his knee disintegrated. But he played only 17 minutes tonight. And in that 17 minutes, he was 5 for 7. With four rebounds, two assists, and two blocks with 11 points. That's good stats for 17 minutes. So let's just continue to watch Roy Hibbard and his progression and just to see how, if maybe they eventually want to play Roy Hibbard more, he could become someone who might be standardly relevant, depending on his block tenacity. Um, I did say, I just, I just did say block tenacity. If that was, um, the word that you were looking for, feel free to take a drink. Um, cause that's the first time I've ever said that. And it might not be the last though. Let's move on to the next game. The Milwaukee Bucks versus the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously the Brooklyn Nets are not good and they did lose once again tonight. Uh, the Greek freak Giannis, another, just a monster line, 23 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 steals, 2 blocks. I mean, those are those are approaching AD-type numbers with the, the blocks and the steals. He had two three-pointers as well tonight. Love Giannis. Keep uh, riding him. Keep him on your team forever and ever. Um, never, never let him go. Ever. The um, rest of the team, though, Deladova, 9-4. and four, I just... Um, I understand some people were kind of on Deladova because, you know, he was going to be their point guard. But as you can see so far this year, um, it started out with Deladova kind of running the point. But everyone should have known that point Giannis is really unstoppable. And ever since they moved to a more point Giannis type uh, attack, Deladova's 
I mean, his value wasn't great, and it fell right off the cliff. So Deladova, I don't think is is worth any money, uh, or to be on your team right now. Anyway, Jabari, 22 points tonight, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, no three pointers. Jabari is worth owning simply because of his um, his potential. He is scoring a ton. He's getting decent steals and decent threes. And shooting um, surprisingly 50%, which um, I think is, I, to me, is a, is a bit surprising uh, that he's shooting, uh, he's making one and a half threes and shooting 53% at the same time. Um, to me, that's impressive. That's a step up from uh, what he was doing last year. And that's why, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about uh, Jabari too much. He's made improvements in his game. And I would continue to just see where it goes. Uh, he's he's very young, so there's there's no reason not to uh, ride him. Looking at the rest of the team for the Milwaukee Bucks, the John Henson, Greg Monroe saga continues. Uh, Greg Monroe did play uh, more minutes than his average this year. He, as you might have remembered. Um, Last game, or a couple games ago, I um, Greg Monroe ended up playing 26 minutes, had a pretty decent game. Tonight, he only played 20 minutes. He did not start. He was one for four, two points, but he did have six rebounds, two assists, one steal, and one block in 20 minutes. And I, I believe I said, go ahead and uh, pick up Greg Monroe just out of the chance he could possibly play more minutes, start or get traded. And I'm going to still stand by that because this is a long season. And I know a lot of people, um, you got to weigh the, um, you got to weigh the cost benefit analysis, right? So having Greg Monroe on your team and having him, you know, put up a few duds for the next, what, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks. I mean, this is the cost benefit analysis you have to do. How long is too long for you to deal with Greg Monroe's, you know, bad playing time because Jason Kidd is a dick and doesn't like Greg Monroe? How long can you put up with that to um, hope that if he does finally move into a starting position and or moves to another team, that he would instantly become standard league relevant and more than just standard league relevant, you know, um, a must-start player. So is that worth keeping a bench spot? And it depends on how the size of your league and it depends on what situation you're in. And this early in the season, I think it is okay to take a flyer on Greg Monroe, to have him sitting at the end of your bench, hurting you with your quality starts if you're in a head-to-head league. If you're in a roto league, this I think this is a little bit of a no-brainer. There's no reason to not take a chance on him instead of having someone like Michael K. Gilchrist on your team. It's like, okay, yeah, I could have Michael K. Gilchrist sitting on the bench sucking, or I could have... Greg Monroe sitting on the bench sucking with a chance to be good. And I'd much, much rather take that chance on him than having a, you know, a backup guard forward who I won't play because I have better players than that. Um, depending on the size of your league, obviously, if you're in a, in a, in a huge league, I would actually say it's even more worthy to have Greg Monroe sitting on the end of your bench because in limited minutes, he could be um, kind of valuable. And if he ever starts starting or, or playing a lot more minutes it's even more valuable to have a guy who is standard league relevant in a deep league team so to me i think he's you pick him up you own him you take a flyer on him 
because his his ceiling is high enough to warrant um, him sitting around waiting for for playing time. John Henson, on the other hand, is, is someone who's been starting for the Bucks over the last couple of weeks, and those starts have not been, I think, terribly great. But he's getting better, and um, I've I know he had that one twenty and uh, seven game with three blocks uh, about three games ago. And that was um, by far one of his best games of maybe of his entire, you know, I think he's had some better games in his career, actually. But the the Bucks are uh, winning. They've won the last three games with um, John Henson starting. Uh, I think there are, let's see, five and three with John Henson starting. So I don't know if that experiment is uh, fulfilled yet, if, the, if we really know how good John Henson could be. But tonight he had 12 points, 8 rebounds, 1 assist, and 5 blocks. And that is where the value lies with John Henson. And so I was kind of lukewarm on him with the 20-7 and seven night because before that he'd you know, put up 2-3 and three and then 7-6. and six, And those are, you know, not terribly great numbers. But the blocks are starting to add up right now. And he's averaging in the last two weeks close to, in the last five games so two weeks uh two and a half blocks and in the last um three games he's averaged over three blocks now he's only playing about 22 to 20 or 23 minutes 23 24 minutes so he's he's only playing um i guess first man off the bench type minutes and he's starting to share a little bit more minutes with Greg Monroe. So take that for what you will. I think the fact that John Henson is getting three blocks a game and he is a, you know, a stat stuffer with the blocks has started to make him worth uh, owning, even though I th- some nights he's going to give you a, a dud. It does seem like even in his dud games, he's able to, um, give you value in blocks. So if you're desperate for blocks, I think he's, you got to pick him up. And if you're, you know, need a need a big man, he's he's at least decent at rebounds, uh, decent enough anyway. But don't expect some sort of breakout season or breakout from John Henson. I think we know who he is. He's been given the opportunity to play enough minutes over the last handful of seasons, where. You thought his per 36 numbers would be make him amazing, and I think he's kind of a, a bust when it comes to, to to 36 minutes a game because he doesn't play as well against first season uh, first uh, teams as he does against second teams. Um, there's still a lot of uncertainty here. We just don't know what the playing time is going to be. Um, I just I'm not really sure, but. I think take a flyer on Greg Monroe, and if you need blocks in standard leagues, pick up John Henson. Why not? Very very positive this evening. Uh, let's go over the Nets. You kind of know what you're getting with the Nets. To, um, uh, pretty much Sean Kilpatrick, another guy who's um, been starting with the Nets and has kind of come out of nowhere, a guy who I've said should be picked up in all leagues. Tonight he was 5 for 10 with two three-pointers. He had 14 points, six rebounds, four assists, and a steal. That is standard league value. He did have six turnovers, so do watch those turnovers. But 
That's standard league value. I think he should be owned in all leagues until Jeremy Lin comes back. So go ahead and pick up Sean Kilpatrick if he's on your waivers. The rest of this team kind of did what they usually do. Uh, Brooke Lopez did hit three three-pointers tonight, but only got four rebounds. Um, still not rebounding worth a damn at all. So good for you, Lopez. Uh, Trevor Booker, another across-the-board line, nine points, eight rebounds, two assists, two steals. I still like Trevor Booker moving forward. Uh, Bogdan and uh, Whitehead, uh, I don't think do enough to uh, warrant starting. And nobody off the bench really did anything of note. So let's move on to the Magic versus the Grizzly, the the decimated by injury Grizzly. So if you haven't heard the horrible news that Mike Connolly is out indefinitely, um, I've read, I've heard, you know, six to eight weeks. I've heard indefinitely. My um, guess is indefinitely with the amount of money they just paid him. They're going to ease his way back in. Uh, the 12 and 8 Grizzlies. Uh, one tonight against the Orlando Magic, which has got to be pretty embarrassing for the Magic. We'll get to them in a second. But uh, the Grizzlies, Marcus Sewell had a, a 25 points, five blocks, three assists, only two rebounds for some reason, and two three-pointers. So that's a pretty monster night from Marcus Sewell, who's going to take up um, Mike Connolly's minutes. That was a big question. It was between uh, Harrison and uh, Wade Baldwin. Tonight, it does look like Harrison got the minutes. He ended up playing uh, 30 minutes tonight with um, 11 points and 8 assists, and that's what you're really looking for. You need assists are rare, and getting assists off the um, waivers is really hard to do. Uh, he also had a block and 4 rebounds, but no 3-pointers. It does seem that um, Andrew Harrison is going to be the starting point guard for this team, and he's going to play uh, a lot more minutes than Wade Baldwin. I think that was kind of uh, in the writing before this game. But um, wait, it, it, it doesn't mean that given the track record and, and, and Wade Baldwin's youth that they don't decide, you know, Harrison, you're not, we're not winning games. Let's switch it up. And they end up giving Baldwin more minutes. Uh, even in just the next game, you know, maybe they're just experimenting to see what happens, but I feel pretty confident with that 30 minutes and eight assists that, um, yeah, Andrew Harrison is going to be, is going to be the official starting guard. And if you need a point guard right now, I'd pick him up. Uh, I'd pick him up in standard leagues. He's not a great shooter. He's, um, I think he's only averaging, Let's see, a three per game in 29 minutes, shooting um, around 31%. And that's, I mean, that's horrible. His free throws are horrible as well. So this is like a, I need a point guard desperation, and I do not care about my shooting percentages kind of pickup. But I, I think he can carry standard league value in the right setup. In a roto league, I might uh, steer clear of him outside of uh, big leagues. But a starting guard is a starting guard, and a guy who can get assists is definitely worth at least watching if not taking a flyer on just to see what will um just to see what will happen another um guy who got a start tonight was troy williams troy williams played 35 minutes tonight he was two for 13 not good but he did get three steals and two blocks and that to me is interesting he only had five points one assist and two rebounds so that makes it less interesting but the heavy minutes and the steal and block combination pique my interest. And so right now, I can't recommend um, 
picking him up in, in standard leagues, but I would suggest maybe streaming him in head-to-head leagues for now. Over the last five games, he's averaged 30 minutes, 10 points, a little under a three, um, a little under three rebounds, a little under one or two assists, but 1.8 steals. And so really his, his value is in those steals. His shooting percentages are miserable. So I can't recommend him in, in, in Roto Leagues, but I can I would recommend streaming him uh, if you need steals. So yeah, Troy, Troy Williams is a steel streamer, steel streamer only just due to his minutes and, well, and due to his steals. His uh, half a block a game in the last week is also pretty impressive, but a lot of that came tonight. Let's go over to the Lando Magic. They are kind of a mess, and looks like the Magic started Bismack Biombo once again tonight, along with uh, Abaka, Aaron Gordon, DJ Augustine running the point, and um, Evan Fournier. So that was your 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 strange starting lineup. Uh, let's. Get, make it a, even a little more strange. Bismack Biombo played 34 minutes. Let's see. Tonight, in 34 minutes for Bismack Biombo, only three points, one for four, but 14 rebounds, but only one block. So it's like, hey, it's almost there. No, never mind. Uh, the value that Bismack Biombo was giving off the bench and as a starter in Toronto has not carried over to Orlando at all. And he was like a better John Henson, really. And John Henson's now playing better than Bismack Biombo, which is crazy. But we'll see. He's getting an opportunity to start here, at least for now. Uh, Vujovic off the bench also played 30 minutes. He was 18 for 11 with three blocks and one three-pointer. That three-pointer is real nice. Uh, six for 15. And so I'm not really sure how long the Bismack Biombo starting will last. Not really sure why Vujovic's been coming off the bench in the last two to three games or so. So we really kind of need to know more from what's going on in the Orlando camp. A good place to hear out of the Orla- what's going on with Vujovic out of the Orlando camp would be hashtag basketball.com. Go out to their Twitter, which is something I probably should have done, and check out the Orlando Magic Twitter page. And maybe we'll see from one of the beat writers or from maybe the team officially what's going on with Vujovic and if he is going to be starting in the next game. I think that would be uh, worth your time considering Bismack Biombo could be standard league relevant if he's going to see some uh, heavy starting minutes in the next week or two. Could be a guy you want to pick up for your, your head-to-head leagues. Not sure if he would be valuable in roto leagues, but we'll see. That's something to continue to watch. Aaron Gordon with the start tonight, but he only played 21 minutes, 8 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block. I really wish they could figure him out. They have not figured him out. So moving on, uh, I'd still not consider him a standard league relevant player. DJ Augustine with the start tonight. He was 7 points, 2 assists, 2 three-pointers, and that's it for DJ Augustine. Also, even though he's starting, I'm not considering him a standard league relevant player. Alfred Payton, I think, has dropped out of standard league relevancy as well, even though he played 29 minutes off the bench tonight. He was still one for eight, had five assists, three rebounds, two steals, and a block, and those counting stats are are pretty nice. But his shooting percentage is just miserable in three points. His shooting percentage in 
his points are just not acceptable right now. So if I guess if you're desperate for um, really desperate and you're in a bigger league for assists and and, and some steals, he would be someone to own. If you're in a specific punting strategy, he'd be someone someone to own. But outside of that, maybe streaming in standard leagues if you're desperate for those stats for this week. But in a roto league, I'm not putting Alfred Payton on my team. So I think that's about it for the value in Orlando. Let's move on to the next game. The Clippers versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Clippers ended up pulling this one off. That's uh, great news for everybody who does not like the Cleveland Cavaliers and the um, LeBron James faction of the NBA. So props to all the haters tonight. The Clippers kind of doing what they normally do. Not a ton of... um, Interesting stuff off the bench, and you, everybody on their starting team, other uh, starters, other than Mahamabute, should be owned. Uh, Mahamabute actually had six points, three rebounds, and five steals. I'm not going to run out and pick him up, but you know, five steals is a lot of steals. Blake Griffin, uh, 13 points, 11 assists. That's, that's a really nice line there. DeAndre Jordan only had nine points, but 15 rebounds. And JJ Redick had four. Um, three-pointers. So, yeah, good all around with the Clippers. Good night. Going on to Cleveland, another team you should kind of already know what they're up to. LeBron. Um, off night for LeBron. 16 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. K-Love, who has been playing very well lately, and uh, not, not great all around, but a decent shooting tonight for K-Love. 16 points for 7 for 11, two three-pointers, but only four rebounds and nothing else. Kyrie kind of did a lot of the uh, heavy lifting tonight. Kyrie Irving, 8 for 19, 28 points. Of course, only two steals, two rebounds. Kyrie Irving is never going to lead the league in assists ever, so there's that. Uh, Off the bench, they have a really, really weak bench. And nothing to see there. Richard Jefferson played 22 minutes, but uh, to me that's nothing other than uh, big leagues should uh, pay attention to. If you need guys who play 22 minutes and uh, actually occasionally score, then him and Ian Shumpert are interesting on this team. But uh, everybody else, you kind of know what you're getting at. So let's move on to more interesting teams, the Miami Heat versus the Jazz. The Heat barely pulled this off. The Jazz continued to, uh, continuing to lose... Uh, weird games. Uh, they had been playing much better lately. Dante Exum with a start for the Jazz tonight, but only played 18 points. Really didn't do much. Uh, I, I do like the fact that he's starting, but that's uh, a storyline to watch, but not, not really um, producing uh, enough for, for uh, standard league relevancy from Dante Exum. Sheldon Mack, on the other hand, he came off the uh, bench here. And ended up playing um, heavy minutes. 33 minutes tonight, 4 for 9, 11 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 steal. So that is um, a pretty decent line. we got to find out what happened to uh, to George Hill uh, here. Looks like George Hill was just um, sitting due to a, a toe injury. So he did not play tonight. And the fact that he had just gotten back from an injury and is now back sitting a game, uh, to me, is, is a bad sign. They might have said it was a, a toe, sprained toe injury, but it could have been maybe a re-aggravation of his previous injury. It could have um, 
been that he's not recovering as well as they thought he was. He might have strained it in the previous game where he had an off night. But um, George Hill had been playing very well right off of that injury. I would continue to hold on to George Hill. I don't think I would pick up Sheldon Mack unless you're in bigger leagues um, if George Hill's going to be out. Other than that, uh, Hayward took the bulk of the um, the workload tonight. 12 for 22, three three-pointers, seven assists, three rebounds, two steals with 32 points. Um, still liking him a lot. Joe Johnson with the start tonight. That, to me, is, is a lot more interesting than Sheldon Mack getting 33 points. Joe Johnson, when he plays starters minutes, is actually standard league relevant. Tonight he had 18 points, four assists, three rebounds, and one steal with four freaking three-pointers. So, nice job, Joe Johnson. I think this is um, simply because George Hill was out and um, Rodney Hood was also out with a right hamstring. Um, so with those guys being out, it, uh, they have gone to Joe Johnson in the past to play heavy minutes. And if he's playing heavy minutes, I think he's a, a must stream. And if you're kind of in the need for a, a starter this week, drop your worst bench guy and, and watch the Twitter. Go out to hashtag basketball.com. This is the double a double plug tonight. Go to hashtag basketball.com. Check out the Twitter feeds for the Utah Jazz and see who's uh, playing tonight. If Hill and Hood are sitting, Joe Johnson might be a guy you want to pick up and uh, throw in the starting lineup that evening. Because this is that's a good sign. He he does play well when he has to play a lot of minutes. He just doesn't need to be playing that many minutes over the course of uh, more than a week or two. Going over to the Heat, uh, another team um, that I think is uh, really interesting. Let's uh, let's dive into this. So um, Justice Winslow has not returned from his injury, and we are still uh, unsure when he will be uh, when he'll be recovering when he'll be getting back it looks like it should have uh, heard it should have been this week but it could be next week but it does seem like it is soon and we've kind of had a hodgepodge of uh, rotations since then um, Dion waiters is also out and he should be out two to three weeks uh, so yeah Dion waiters had been trying to carry the offensive load but nobody wants Dion waiters carrying much of anything these days um Dragic played the bulk of the minutes tonight and, and carried the team he was 10 for 21 with 27 points six assists four rebounds so that is a really good um predicament with all these injuries for gordon Dragic. luke babbitt got the start but only played eight minutes josh mcroberts got a start tonight played 24 minutes he was 10 points five rebounds and an assist I'm not running out to pick up the mcbob uh, Josh McBob is not someone I think is is due for long-term success or long-term standard league value. He had Whiteside with a really off night, 4 for 11, only 10 rebounds, no blocks. And uh, Rodney Magruder got the, the start tonight. Good for Rodney Magruder. He played uh, pretty well. He, for, you know, Rodney Magruder anyway, 9 points. Five rebounds, two assists, and a block with a three-pointer. That's not, not not terrible. The better lines came from the bench tonight, from the uh, the random guys who start. Wayne Ellington played 34 minutes. He had three three-pointers but and 17 points, but only one steal and not anything else. More, I think, impressively, and a guy that I've been 
I think is probably the best random guard forward that they've been playing with and they, that they've been um, that they've been starting occasionally but playing um, heavy minutes really in the um, so far this season he's been averaging almost 30 minutes I'm talking about Tyler Johnson Tyler Johnson had a really nice night uh, tonight in the counting stats but shot pretty poorly so tonight he had in 30 minutes he had um, five no six rebounds four assists and three steals but he only had eight points missed all his three-pointers and was three for 11 from the field so that is not great James Johnson um, is a guy I think they should be playing a lot more in 24 minutes he was 11 for 15 with two three-pointers 24 freaking points six rebounds three assists one steal and one block for James Johnson tonight to me James Johnson should be streamed in in all leagues until this team is healthy James Johnson is a guy who can fill it up across the board as he did tonight, even in just 26 minutes. I like Tyler Johnson probably for the uh, rest of year more than I like James Johnson because Justice Winslow and James Johnson kind of play the same position, position same role. And when Justice comes back, I think James Johnson's um, playing time does go down, though I would like to see them run a little point forward with justice, as I've been saying in the past, and then throw James Johnson in there, let him play heavy minutes. If James Johnson plays, starts playing um, regular heavy minutes, I mean, even in, in limited minutes, he's been almost, I think, in the in the drop zone in just um, 24 minutes per the season. If he can get up a past 30, I think he's a standard. I think James Johnson is standardly relevant. Tyler Johnson, I think, is in the drop zone as well. If you um, Once we get settled here and these injuries get taken care of, we'll see what Miami needs to do. So there's a lot of influx here, a lot of uh, volatility in the Miami rotation, and that is something to pay attention to moving forward. Um, you know, just in case uh, some fancy value pops out of nowhere with that team. Let's move on to the final game tonight, which is still somehow going on. It is in double overtime. The Houston Rockets have a six-point lead over the Golden State Warriors with 26 seconds to go. I should um, probably be watching that game instead of talking to you folk. But here I am doing uh, the the deed, doing uh, what I can to provide you box score stats instead of watching a epic double overtime game. I need to reevaluate my priorities in my life. I should much rather be watching this game than, uh, than doing the box score podcast. I, I take no offense to that, loyal listeners. The scores are all going to be real skewed on this game. Golden State Warriors, looking at what they did tonight. You know what you got out of the Golden State Warriors. Curry, Thompson, Durant, and Green all with really, really good nights. You can go check those scores out for yourself. Close to a triple-double for Draymond tonight. Durant might break 40, depending on how these final plays go. Curry had a bad shooting night, 9 for 22, but um, still ended up with 28 points, 5 assists, and 3 steals, and a block. So no big deal. Um, Clay Thompson only hit three three-pointers tonight, three for 11, but he had six rebounds and three assists. I think Clay's still valuable. Um, I know he's he's taken the the biggest hurt here because I think Durant has taken a lot of his shots, but still valuable, still standardly uh, relevant. Going over the Rockets, an, a, a team that doesn't have a ton of, of volatility either in the roster, unlike the Miami Heat. Houston, you had Eric Gordon coming off the bench. He played. 
37 minutes and double overtime game, 23 points, four three-pointers, which is what he's good at, five assists, a steal, and a rebound. I know him and Patrick Beverly have been um, kind of vying for minutes, uh, sharing that, that role, that responsibility. And Eric Gordon's still the better fantasy player here simply because his three-pointers are elite. Beverly's playing time has hurt Eric Gordon's overall ceiling. Patrick Beverly has not been doing enough, uh, though tonight he's got a great plus to plus minus, which if you're using that as a stat in your fantasy league, just just stop just stop doing that. Stop using plus minus. Just use the nine cats and use all nine of them. Use the turnovers, everybody. Stop trying to get around using turnovers because yes, James Harden 29 points tonight, 13 rebounds or 14 rebounds, 13 assists, two steals, and a block, seven turnovers. And yes, turnovers hurt your team, and they should hurt your team. You are, If you put up 29, 14, and 13, are you great? Yeah, of course you're great. But if you put up one turnover with that line instead of seven turnovers, you are better, and that's why turnovers should matter. That's why you should be playing with turnovers in your league. I don't care if the best players turn the ball over. The best players turn the ball over less. Write that down, everybody. My my anti-eight-category tirade for the night. Patrick Beverly did a lot of counting stats tonight. He had seven rebounds, two assists, four steals, one three-pointer, but only three points, one for six. Bad shooting. Good night from Ryan Anderson tonight. 29 points, five three-pointers, five rebounds. I've said, right, and granted, this is in a double-overtime game, which just got the score cut to three, so I'm going to wrap this up so I can watch the end of it. But... Ryan Anderson can be owned in standard leagues if he is breaking uh, the three uh, three pointers per game. And if you go to his stats on the season, let's see here. Ryan Anderson has not is a two and a half right now, and so this game's helping him, but it's a double overtime game, so I, I don't think he's relevant in standard leagues. So we'll uh, we'll see where that goes. And that's about it. I'm going to go check out the end of this uh, incredible double overtime game. If you want to find me on Twitter, check me out at WatchTheBoxes, all one word. Hit me up with your feedback for the podcast or just questions about your fantasy team. And if you like the podcast, please, please give us a rating on whatever app you use and a review. The reviews help the most. They uh, allow people to find this podcast. And if it's helping you, it can help other people. So thanks for joining me. Have a good night, everybody. And keep watching the boxes. Ooh, is that a new tagline? We'll we'll find out. Good night.